it's time for another edition of the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and we got a great show planned for you today. Wimbledon is in the books, and I'm going to recap the 2017 edition of Tennis' finest action from the All-England Club that saw champions in Roger Federer in men's singles and Gabini Muguruza in women's singles. I'm going to talk to Todd Speedburner Robinson about all the drama, all the action at Wimbledon. Federer's 19th slam, his 8th Wimbledon. Muguruza's second slam, her first Wimbledon title. All that, the state of men's and women's tennis, what it looks like for mainstays like Djokovic and Murray, who are battling some injuries. And on the women's side, what to make of this muddled field without Serena Williams. We're going to discuss all that. It's Todd Speedburner Robinson on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. Alright, it's Sunday night when we're recording this. Time to recap Wimbledon. And I brought back Todd Speed, Berta Robinson on the show to do that. 2017 Wimbledon in the books. Todd, thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Always good to be back and uh, lots to talk about with the uh, grassy fortnight there over in England. Yeah, it was uh, another year in the books, the All England Club. Uh, another fortnight has been subdued. And Todd, a lot of unpredictability. <laughs> On both sides of the draw, but we have champions that have had major success before, although one of them, Muguruza, had only won one before. Roger Federer gets his 19th Wimbledon title. Todd, will start 19th there. Slam title. 19th Not slam title. I know. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta catch myself there. 19 Wimbledons <laughs> would be crazy, but, yes. um, but who knows at this point. But all right, Todd, Roger Federer, 19 slams, 8 Wimbledons. His first Wimbledon since 2012. He beats Marin Cilic, 6-3, 6-1, And he doesn't lose a set this entire tournament, Todd. We're talking about Roger Federer, who I don't even know if the argument's there, if there's a better player than him, but he does it again he does it with ease he does it in the most lopsided final in 15 years where does this rank on the Federer pecking order because in terms of individual accomplishments given his age given the the return from injury a year ago I know it's 35 and his best tennis might be behind him but it's got to be up there well, it, it's it's so reminiscent of what we saw five weeks ago in Paris. I mean, Nadal coming back from injury and dominating on his favorite service, surface. And Federer really, you know, okay, it's grass and now it's my turn. And almost just as dominant. And in the final, you know, Chilich was playing some good ball and... First service percentage, 76% for feds. Like three out of four first serves. Chilich was 60. Um, second serve percentage, points one. Fed was 71%. Wow. Uh, Chilich was only 39%. And then break points, well, Chilich only had one opportunity the entire match. He, he failed. And Fed was had 10 opportunities, converted five, half of them. That's rock solid and then unforced errors the fourth stat that really jumped out at me from the match uh was 23 to 8 fed only had 8 23 for chillet so just a really clean and dominant performance from a guy who turns 36 in less than a month so astounding what he did today and then perspective wise you know i was driving around today i was running an errand and I was thinking back to 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago, 
and I'm with my two-year-old watching Feder beat Djokovic in the U.S. Open final, and it's hard to imagine, but that was his 12th Grand Slam title. And so already he was pretty much like the goat, you know. So ten years ago we we're talking about him as the goat, and ten years later, it, you know, to be still be winning slams, wow! In two in in the same year, ten years later, it's just it, it's astounding. It, it, it's really just mind-boggling what he's able to do on the eve of his thirty-sixth birthday. Yeah, two slams at age thirty-five seem to be thirty-six, given his right. injury last year, how he shut it down after Wimbledon. I mean, even Heath said that that was crazy to think that this would be possible. As far as Chilich goes, I just want to want to point out uh, his main chance, and, and it was a good run getting to the final, the best grass court tennis of his life, uh, including losing at Queens Club uh, and getting you know as far as he did at Wimbledon. He had to serve well, and he didn't. You know, and that was the the one chance he had was could he start booming in some serves? He wasn't able to. For Federer, you mentioned a clean game. That's just become you know standard for him i mean we take a lot of things that he does for granted todd but i think just playing a clean crisp game not many unforced errors doing what he needs to and outsmarting his opponent as cliche as that sounds it's what fed does better than anyone historically ever and here's another thing todd it's crazy how much four five six months you know can change he wins australia you know for both guys actually he wins australia against Nadal. We left that match thinking, wow, this is probably it for these guys. Can they do it? Can they get one more? And then Nadal dominates clay and Fed dominates grass. So just in the last three, four months, we've seen we've, we've seen the narrative flip to, can these guys win one more to, when are they going to not win one more? Yeah. Um, I mean, two years ago when Fed was back-to-back, uh, runner-up to Joker at Wimbledon, runner-up to Joker at the U.S. Open, you had to think, at least I certainly thought, you know, hey, that's impressive. Joker's kicking butt, and, you know, he, he kind of made Joker work and play his best tennis to, to win those matches. Um, and, and and you kind of thought in 2016, well, I guess that was his last hurrah, you know. And, hey, that's impressive, you know, a, a couple years into his 30s, you know, hanging with Joker a bit and better than everyone but him. And now, two years after that, he's on top. It is it is really just, uh, it, when does it stop? And then, you know, Nadal and, and how, how, you know, how good does Nadal do on, on the hard courts coming up? That'll be interesting to see. Um, but I, I would have to say Fed's kind of the, the favorite going into the hard court season, looking at what the other top guys did. And by the way, touching on Chilich. It's very interesting now that he's made, you know, yet another slam final, though he didn't win it like he did the 2014 U.S. Open. But in terms of Hall of Fame, he's on the path. Mm -hmm. He's got 17 ATP titles, 13 runner-ups. He's hit the quarterfinals of a slam 10 times. Four of those times he made the semis, and two of those times he made the final, and of course he won one, and he's also got a Masters title under his belt finally yeah. uh, last summer. So he's going to be, you know, three, four years from now, he might have a, a full Hall of Fame resume. Well, and Todd, my theory with that, and, and I agree with you, I think Chilich is on the path to being in the Hall of Fame, but we're going to have a generation of, of players that make the Hall of Fame on the men's side. That we think, wow, how did they how did they get in? I mean, down the road, people will think how they get in. It's because they kept getting beat by the same guys 
that won by all legends. the tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by legends. So by four guys whose resumes are like Hall of Fame <laughs> ten times over. We appreciate them because we're living in this era. But if you look at the record books and have and weren't here, you'd be like, why are we putting in a guy with one or two slams and you know only only a few titles relative to the rest of the guys in the Hall of Fame? I, I agree with that. I also do think in terms of Federer before we you know move on to some other storylines on the men's side. Yeah, Todd, I just think the only way you last this long, I mean, first of all, responding to, to his body, shutting it down and, and taking some time off, which might be a template for pros to come. But you have to love the game. I mean, this is a guy that had it all and has done it all. And as we're seeing with some of the current players now, you know, Djokovic comes to mind that when you reach that mountaintop, the only way these guys keep going into their 30s is if they love the game. I mean, I just I think that's where this all comes from. That could have easily walked away. You know, years ago, and no one would have batted an eyelash. No one would have, you know, criticized Certainly. him at all. After the 2016 he had, the guy's got four kids. You know, he's got a wife. He's got nine figures in the bank. It's like you got 17 titles. You're the goat then, you know. He could have walked away, and really, gosh, 95% of guys probably would have even at that point, loving the game, whatever, just like, why am I rehabbing? I'm, mm-hmm. I just turned 35, like, why bother? And it's like, oh, because I've got a couple more slams, a couple more masters, and some more domination in me. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's a deep love of the game. And four kids. I mean, geez, wow. Yeah, it's, it's truly remarkable. I, I think we're all starting to, to understand Federer's brilliance in the bigger scheme outside of the tennis world, just where he's at historically as an athlete. But it, it was a joy to watch him play tennis this year, as it always is. Uh, it seems to be at Wimbledon still, and talking. not over yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's you know who knows he's not slowing down. Still talking with Todd Speedburner Robinson on the Money Mitch effect, Wimbledon 2017. Todd, some other some other top notes on the men's side. It was an interesting tournament. Uh, what really? Got your attention. An American makes the semi for the first time in uh, eight years. There were some young guys making some steps. What really stood out to you and the men's well, side of Wimbledon? Both those things. I'll, I'll touch on the American, um, you know, the first American male in the semis since uh, Roddick in 09 at Wimbledon. And Sam Query did it um, legitimately. A lot of guys, you know, like breaks come. And so guys who have never made a slam semi, they kind of sneak in there after a couple of funky losses, opens a path. But he opened his own path. You know, he took out Sanga in the third, Kevin Anderson in the fourth, and um, which was a battle, a really interesting battle. And then um, Andy Murray, who towards the end of that match certainly looked like his shoulder or so- something was funky with him. And it took him 42 slams to make his first semi, the most in the open era uh, that it took to get to a semi. And yet he's still not 30 yet. So, you know, he could maybe make a couple more semis. So good for Sam, Mr. Mellow. I thought thought he just got gassed in that Chilich match. You know, I I thought he he made some errors down the stretch. That looked like a guy who had played four straight five-setters. Sure, and, and and then you know Chilich is pretty confident in that match and going, hey, I've got a good chance to make another you know slam final, and you know, and he had an easier path to get there. So, yeah, certainly it finally caught up to him. But good for Sam because I mean, you got to round one, day one. I don't think Sam is thinking, hey, I, I'm really looking for a semi here. So, you know, he outdid his own expectations and everyone else's on him. So. Uh, Hats off to that. The other thing, you mentioned the young kids. Um, 
you know, uh, I'm looking at uh, Zverev, um, Alexander, the younger, of course, and then team, you know, Zverev had never been beyond the third round of a slam. So he, he did lose in the fourth here. He only took one step beyond that. But he was up two sets to one on Raonic, you know, a finalist last year, um, semifinalist a couple years ago here. So a good progress. It would have been nice to see him have a better fifth set there. Uh, maybe take it, you know, maybe make the quarters there. But uh, and then team who'd really never done anything at Wimbledon, um, you know, he made the fourth round as well. And he took Burditch to five sets. Uh, and of course, Burditch, you know, was a finalist seven years ago. And, um, you know, at least he gave one one tough set to Federer, you know, which is more than a lot of his other opponents, certainly his finals opponent. Um, and then you look at the big four the rest of the big four joke murray and nadal you know Djokovic. now now you've got to add injury as another barrier to him you know it seemed a lot of mental before now it's like maybe there's you know injuries that you know because that elbow i guess so um that's that's a bad sign for him we'll you know does he take time off he he has some points to defend believe it or not he won the Canadian Masters last year, and he made the finals of the U.S. Open. He also made the finals of the year-end championships, so he's got some points to defend now. And um, you know, and he's already you know at fourth and not much above fifth. So there's a chance that he could bump into a Federer or something like that in the quarters at the U.S. Open. So wow! And then Murray just can't handle it's so weird that he's still number one because it's been the most unimpressive number one stay well, in recent memory yeah uh, on the men's side i think angelique kerbers is, <laughs> is up there on oh, the women's side on the men's side of yeah. course yes. uh no i mean you're bringing up and, and nadal to round up the the big four i mean that match at Mueller was a classic you know he, he could have done some things differently but you know those are the breaks of the game look as far as djokovic and murray go Todd, this is very startling. You talk about the landscape of tennis. Look where we were last November in that World Championships. It was the culmination of two guys just dominating the sport. And now there's, in July 2017, two guys dominating the sport. But it's a throwback to the guys before Murray and Djokovic and Nadal and Federer. I would say the injury side of things is an added wrinkle. It's disappointing. But when you, in Murray's case especially, I should say, he, he plays a very taxing style. He, he's been playing a lot of tennis. That one seemed more more like it was coming. I don't say, think you can ever really predict injuries, but Murray just seems like he's getting worn down. Djokovic, th- this one, I don't know how it's caught you, but it kind of caught me out of, uh, by surprise. That was startling to see him just kind of retire, walk off the court against Bird. The retirement was certainly, yeah, a surprise, but then his comments post-match were, hey, it's been bothering me for the last 18 months which means that he won the French with it not yeah. at 100%. And I do remember the U.S. Open last year. He was having that thing looked at during the U.S. Open on changeovers and stuff. So, you know, and now Murray and Joke are both 30. So maybe they don't, uh, maybe their bodies start to, you know, give out on them. It, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what the next 12 to 18 months bring for them and, and you know, how, how much longer Nadal and Feder maintain their revivals, their strong resurgence. It, it'll be very interesting to see how the big four shakes out and who can maybe finally penetrate the armor of the big four and, and, and poke through and try to dominate alongside them. We just yeah. haven't seen that guy consistently do that for the last, what, almost 12, 15 years now? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy uh, how long they've been on top. But I don't know if you've looked at the rates to London, you know, Todd, and just for the non you know diehard tennis fans, different from the top ten, just getting to the World Tour finals. That race with the rankings right now, eight get in, looked very crazy because you have Nadal one, Federer two. Team is actually third. Dominic Team stands fourth. Chilich is fifth. Then it goes Zverev, Djokovic, and Murray. Djokovic and Murray seven and eight. But neither of them might be playing tennis in November. So I ask you, Todd, I mean, what is that field going to look like if we have any idea come November? Yes, I'm I'm looking at that list right now as we speak. And behind, you're mentioning Joke and Murray are at 7 and 8. You've got Dimitrov and Burdich are virtually tied, um, 9-10. And then you've got Gofan, who is still nursing that, you know, real bummer French injury with the tarp. And then you've got guys who I just can't really imagine in uh, the grade eight um, at the end of the year. Busta, Sanga seems to be slipping the, the, the fact that he lost to um, to Sammy Q. You know, Kei Nishikori, if he could ever just stay healthy. Yeah. Um, Ranich, I could see getting up there maybe if he has a strong hard court season and a good fall. Yeah, it sounds like whoever gets hot. I mean, there, there's spots there for people to, who play well in the hard court season because you have... Yeah. The top two spots locked down, three to about five or so, five or six are in pretty good shape, and then it's just a free-for-all. Yeah, it, you're going to have some good players who've had good years not make it, really. And maybe some new blood in there with Zverev, uh, Team, you know. Did Team make it last year? I forget. He did, yeah, he did. He, he, did. he won I, one match, I think. At least one, maybe two. Um, right. He didn't get out of group stage. He was in the Joker. Good to see but... the kids Vera in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it'll. Um, everything is just. It's so different than twelve months ago. It's just phenomenal how the landscape has changed. Yeah, we'll have to see where that goes as well. But uh, one last thought on the men's side, Todd. You look at Federer, Nadal. They've been taking turns dominating the year, and now we get ready for hard court season. We don't know first off how much each of them is going to play. What do we have to look forward to as we get into the Masters season as the ATP Tour comes to North America? Well, I I think I would guess that Federer plays certainly one, if not both, of the Masters, um, you know, Cincy and Canada. You know, team is going to be tough. Good old Warenka, you know, he he gets up for the biggies. Um, He kind of is like a possum, you know, laying low. And then the big tournaments come about and, and he kind of rises to the occasion. So I think you're going to see, I think the real wild card is, does Djokovic rest this elbow? Does Murray take a little time off? Dimitrov, we mentioned, is basically tied with, with Burdich at 9-10 in the race. Can they make, you know, a little bit move? Now, now Burdich surprised me with his, his semifinal performance um, because all arrows were kind of pointing down on him for the last 12 to 18 months. So for him to suddenly make a slam semi again, um, can he maintain that little revival that he's had? Don't know. Uh, I, I think the hard court season, I think Fed's going to be the guy. He, he's going to be the, the one that they gun for. And Nadal, keeping those knees healthy, I think he'll be careful. But I think Nadal will play both both of the masters, you know, in in terms of getting himself ready for it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Fed is definitely the guy. Nadal is, is back to form. 
Uh, but both those guys want to want to you know hold out for majors. They're in that stage of their career, so maybe we'll see one of these Masters tournaments falls fall to one of the young guys. You know, Zverev took one in clay court season. We'll we'll see if somebody else. Yes, yeah, I mentioned Zverev, and he's you know the youngest, and he's a guy who's literally probably better you know now clearly than than maybe the first day of 2017. You know, he's so young and um, getting real kind of steady with his results. So. You know, maybe he takes another step. Maybe he gets into another Masters final. Maybe he makes a slam quarterfinal come the U.S. Open, maybe a semi. So he'll be one to watch for sure, for sure. Definitely is one to watch there. Well, Roger Federer, 19 major titles, eight Wimbledons. Incredible. And uh, that's where we are in 2017. The more things change, the more they the stay the same. The goes on for the GOAT. It really does. It's, it's crazy. Well, all right, Todd Robinson, Money Mitch Effect. Women's side, the 2017 Wimbledon Championships on the ladies' draw, and that was won by Garbini Muguruza, her second major title, first Wimbledon. She beats 37-year-old Venus Williams, the oldest uh, player in the field for the WTA, who is trying to go for her sixth Wimbledon title, Todd. She loses by a score of 7-5, 6-love. Now, that first set was very close. It had some drama moments. That second set, as you can imagine, was not very close a complete no. beatdown by Muguruza. And for Garbini, we talked about it before we started recording, Todd, in that she had a great year. You know, she was coming out on fire in 2015. She wins the, you know, getting to the Wimbledon final, losing to Serena. She wins the 2016 French Open and then just kind of melts down. You know, has some early exits and slams, some drama incidents on the court. But. Somehow she figured it out at this tournament. What was the key? What was the uh, the key component for her winning well, this title? I think she had a simple approach of taking it a match at a time and gaining confidence and really adding to her reservoir of confidence as the tournament progressed. You mentioned, you know, she wins the French. She never made a final that going through the 2017 French, she never even made any kind of a WTA final, and then she wins a slam again. So... I'm not sure if that's if there's a precedent for that to go a year of nothing and then like it's just a bizarre development, but it, it it's it's kind of telling on the state of the women's tour that it is so in flux with um, Serena out and and I don't really know what if if Sharapova is ever going to be that Sharapova again, but you know back to Muguruza and the final you know she's got two set double set point against her now it was on her serve. And she has that big 19 ball rally and again gains confidence to just that 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 point was kind of a microcosm of the tournament for her and winning this title of just, hey, I won this big clutch point. I protected set point. You know, you don't want to lose a set and a hot Venus and then you like suddenly you have to win two sets in a row against Venus. So she does that and then never loses a game the rest of the match. And then Venus really, gosh, last maybe three, four games of the second set, she really went away and started hitting balls, you know, four feet out um, on the third or fourth, fifth shot of the rally. So it kind of got ugly at the end. But really, a big hat's off to Muguruza because she came through in the clutch and she just built on that confidence. And you just hope that, um, you know, that she can seize the the throne and kind of say hey i'm the one i'm the one you got to beat because it's better for the game if there is that that persona that dominant player that kind of it kind of sets a pecking order and right now the 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 quote unquote pecking order is very 
topsy turvy on the on the women's side. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say, uh, in terms of Muguruza, she has been slowly, you know, chipping away at it one match at a time. We thought the French Open could be, you know, her time to get back into the fold, uh, and then she kind of let the crowd get to her in that Maldenovich match. I thought, you know, in a pretty pro Venus crowd, she was able to just overcome those big moments, as you said. She's got a very powerful. She got very very powerful ground strokes. I wouldn't say that she necessarily has a weakness, and I think she just slowly started to wear Venus down, who, by the way, I mean, Venus Williams at 37 making the final, just a great accomplishment in its own right. Hats off to her effort, and, uh, you know, along the lines of Roger, you know, just aging very nicely, and you know, she, she took out a 19-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 20-year-old in succession in this Wimbledon, so she really kind of showed the kids, uh, even though Muguruza is kind of a kid herself, only 23, but, but she showed some of the real young ones that, uh, hey, I, I'm still... Uh, yeah. I'm still your boss right now. <laughs> and, so, and took out the British hopeful in Joanna Conta as well. So. That's true, yeah. Uh, who took out a favorite of mine, Garcia, who it's very a very under-the-radar development is that, you know, one of my favorites, Caroline Garcia, never made a third round, never made it beyond the third round of a slam before the French this year. And now she's got a quarterfinal appearance in a round of 16 back-to-back and gave Conta a pretty good match. So nice to see that that she's um and she's kind of quit doubles and really focusing on singles and ni- nice to see that that's paying off for her. Well, I do also want to say on that point, Todd. We're starting to see maybe more in the women's game some of these former quote-unquote double specialists are having some success at singles. We saw Vesnina win the uh win uh what was that Indian Wells. You know, she just won doubles for female women's doubles at Wimbledon. Meldanovich was another one that was a doubles player. It's a very good doubles player. She's I had, think that Nina made the of Wimbledon last year. Yeah, she did. And then you have Garcia who's making some steps. What do you what do you attribute that to? I mean, is it just a, an anomaly? I mean, we're there's starting to be some data here that some of these women's doubles players are are branching out and having success at the singles side. I think it it makes their game more well-rounded, number one. They get a little more reps in, number two. They learn to hit kind of trickier, different shots because, you know, you get some funky rallies and some funky shots that you have to hit in doubles. And another thing is I think it also comes back to the state of the women's tour where, you know, there's openings. There's opportunities for what you would say maybe lesser players or surprise players to sneak in and make slam quarterfinals and to do well at some of the, um, the that next tier down events on the women's side. So they're, they're taking advantage of opportunities and using their well-rounded games uh, to do so. Right. What was it? John Macaro said his idea of practice was to play doubles. Exactly. Yeah. Macaro's had his own unique way, his own tennis genius way of making himself so great. And, and you wonder if he, uh, if he had taken a more, I don't know, uh, disciplined approach, uh, he might have some numbers that uh, that'd yeah. be tough to uh, reach. Yeah, incredible uh, on his end. But getting back to Muguruza, Todd, she has two Grand Slams. She's only 23 years old. And we mentioned seizing the moment, the mantle. You know, Carolina Pliskova just took over the number one ranking. She hasn't made it past the second round at Wimbledon her whole career. There is an opportunity here for, including this year, there's an opportunity for Muguruza, for any player really, with Serena on the shelf and Sharapova battling her injuries and, and coming back uh, to tennis post-30 and Azarenka having just had a kid. The litany goes on and on, Kvitova we talked about. There's an opening here. 
We thought it might be Simona Halep. She hasn't gotten the job done. Ostapenko, it was good to see her, you know, follow up winning a slam to get to a quarterfinal. But Muguruza clearly looks like the one that could maybe win some titles and rack up some points and be the player when Serena comes back. No doubt. I, you know, I liked, you mentioned her power, and yeah, she's got some great powers. You know, she's a strongly built uh, woman, and she really slugs the ball well from both sides um, and with a good serve. But I liked her movement, too, on the grass. So, yeah, I, I think definitely with her state of mind, because look, you, you've got someone who's saying, hey, I went on clay, I went on the grass. There's no reason why I can't win on the most predictable surface then a hard court flat just smooth straight you're not going to get any funky bounces um there's there's no reason at all that she can't seize and and be dominant also on the the hard stuff of course pliskova made the finals at the u.s open a year ago and so maybe uh you know maybe she'll regain some confidence there. disappointing that pliskova couldn't do better but and then she yeah like backdoors it into number one so and you mentioned Ostapenko and making the quarters. It's the first time that a first-time slam winner has followed up making the quarters since Kleisters in 05. And I actually went back and looked at the list. It starts with Moresmo, and then you've got <laughs> Ivanovic and Schiavone, um, Lina, Azarenka, Samantha oh. Stotzer, Kavitova, and then Kerber and Muguruza. All those girls won a slam, couldn't follow it up. And then Bartol- And then you have the wild and crazy Bartoli and, Pan- and Panetta. Yeah. They win slams and retire. <laughs> it's it's- <laughs> Women's tour just whoo. Well, so, you know, maybe we'll get some uh, some order, some law and order uh, with the Spaniard there. I think uh, the sport needs it, um, and you know, maybe Azarenka comes back and and regains a top five playing uh, level as well. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, she's definitely got some rust to wear off her and Kvitova do. But you know, we mentioned the craziness in the uh, WTA tour right now, Todd. Last week we brought the stat. I don't know if you'd heard this one though, but eight straight majors with an unseated semifinalist. So, eight straight, nine wow. without in, without interruption. There have been eight straight, and I should preface it with some of them were like Wozniacki when she dipped down low, and um, Kanta before she became this version of Kanta, you know, two Australias ago. But yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. It is. I I do a uh, a little head to head draft with a colleague of ours, Mr. Dunn. Panda. And and you know we we invented this uh, a couple years ago, but you can't draft a top ten seed. So neither of us ever imagined we were going to ever draft the winner. You know, we just you know how far can your best player go? And this year, in every slam, one of us has drafted the winner. He took Fe- or I took Federer at the Aussie. And then he took Ostapenko at the French, and I took Muguruza uh, at this Wimbledon. So we never thought for sure that three slams in a row we'd be drafting a winner. So that that also shows you how crazy this year has been. Wait, so you took – let me get this right. You you took Federer. As a 17 seed. Against maybe the biggest Roger Federer fan we know. He didn't take him. Did you have the first? Pick? I had the very first okay. pick, and he was bitter that I took. <laughs> okay, <Ryan>. all right. <laughs> yes, that makes yes, more indeed. sense. And then he had to watch him win the tournament. Well, I mean, he enjoyed that, but he, you know, he wanted him to have the share of that moment together. And 
Oh, well, so he takes unseeded uh, Ostapenko, which I don't know if either of us will ever have an opportunity to draft an unseeded slam winner again. I mean, that that we might not see that for a while. Yeah, never say never, though, with uh, the WTA right now, because with Serena out, we, we don't know who the best is. I just, and that's the last th- point I want to make, Todd, uh, as we you know kind of wrap this up. I want, in my dream world, I wanted somebody, whether it's Kerber or whether we thought it could be Halep or Muguruza, I just want somebody to win some tournaments and give Serena a target, you know, motivate her, you know, for the final act of her career. I think it would be a lot better for the game if when Serena comes back for pregnancy, Muguruza's riding high, you know, you have this showdown on the horizon. For sure, for sure. And then, because Serena has literally one thing only to do left in her career is win a slam as a mom. That, like, they're, everything else has been done by her and probably done more than once. So that that's really, it'll be interesting to see post-motherhood and post-30-what-sixth birthday if she can come back and and regain top five status and number one status uh, where she was. So yeah. hopefully Muguruza will maybe be wearing a strong, solid crown when that day comes and we'll see at least a short-lived rivalry before Serena finally says, hey, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think she's 30. I think she'll be 35 this year. I don't want to get, you know, the Serena Twitter fans coming Serena after us. Serena turns 36 in September. Really? I thought she was born in 82. That's crazy. I, her and Federer are actually born, wow. like, weeks apart. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of incredible. crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Well, it was another good Wimbledon, Todd. Uh, and one last note on the Wimbledon tournament. The doubles were uh, adventurous, all over the board, unpredictable. It does seem like to me that... The crowd of all the majors, I feel like the Wimbledon crowd gets into doubles the most. For sure, because, you know, it's it's where the first slam took place in 1877. It's kind of, you know, the birthplace of lawn tennis and all that. So they really do have a deeper appreciation in the aggregate than really the rest of the world. Um, unfortunately for them and their deep appreciation they saw a double bagel in the women's final, um, but at least they got a heck of a dramatic, I think the longest men's doubles slam final ever, 13-11 um, in the fifth. The four seeds beat the 16 seeds, and the 16 seeds had really never, neither of them had ever done anything at a slam before. So so a, a real dichotomy, women's to men's in the doubles uh, on the grass this year, for sure. You had two uh, British players playing against each other in the mixed double side too with uh, heather watson falling to jamie murray and martina hingis who wins another major that's, I noticed that's the best that. story no one's really talking about in the sports and tennis world is how hingis who flamed out of her singles career after being a prodigy is still racking up titles on the double side she she knows she has touch and smarts and strategies that um, are serving her well as as she uh, ages along. And by the way, hey, I, I double checked myself on Serena, and indeed she does turn thirty six on September twenty sixth. Wow. That's in, that's incredible. Yeah, um, and and yeah, the uh, the Wimbledon's men's doubles match which was a marathon. Only one doubles match longer than that. Ninety two, John McEnroe winning the title with uh, Michael Stitch. So. 1917 okay. that went and uh, yeah we had to bring macaron doubles back up again it's only and fitting the, and the brian brothers they lost in the second round that saddens me just so much i know you're devastated with that uh, oh it hurts it hurts they're rounding they're rounding third and heading home i think that's uh that's safe to say 
I could see either a split partnership or and or retirement. Well, I guess it's not and. It's either or. But um, I could see either a split partnership or retirement come post wow. U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens there. Well, Todd Robinson, this was fun. Thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Before we sign off, I got to get your tabs on this because there's not a whole lot going on the rest of the month. It always makes me sad when Wimbledon ends because we got you know a little bit of time before you know the action picks up again. Uh, in the sports world. But yeah. we are getting close to fantasy football season, so if you've been thoroughly diving into that research and, and figuring out what you like going into the draft season? Well, our last chit-chat, I closed by telling you I bought my mag, and I have my son had a photo shoot, and I had like three hours to just pour into that mag and really get to know it. I've also been looking at some online chit-chat, some rookie rankings. So, Mitch, I am ready and raring to go. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I, I hope you are because you know you got to have a b- bunch of different scenarios. You don't know where you're going to draft. And, you, and honestly, we don't know what some of the suspensions are going to look like, too. That's the other thing floating over the uh, the offseason. So. It's going to be a turbulent yeah, you need to season. Draft those guys who you have to shell for the first three, four weeks, and then strategically kind of figure out. Yeah, that that that's always kind of tough, but uh, I'm I'm ready for it. I, you know how how much yeah. I love uh, fantasy football, and I've got to defend my runner up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. And it seems like the guys that do that, you know, the guys that boast about how I'm going to stock this guy, they end up 0 three when the suspension ends up. So I would <laughs> I would worry about that. You know, you got to get some wins too. It's a uh, that's how we're judged here. But all right, Todd, this was okay. a blast. Thanks for chopping it up for talking Wimbledon and only one more major left in the tennis um, season. Amazing how quickly this year has flown by as well. It has. Well, Todd Speedburn Robinson, are we going to get a detailed Wimbledon uh, breakdown coming up in the next month? Well, I did a detailed Wimbledon preview that I sent out. I'll, I'll do a U.S. Open preview as well, but um, a recap is probably not coming. I'm busy with a few other things, but uh, do check out, you know, at SpeedBurner um, for uh, the Twitter, and then SpeedBurner on Sports is where uh, all my other stuff is. I want a statistical breakdown of Lonzo Ball and each pair of sneakers that he's been wearing. <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited about Summer League too. Like I just, I follow all these guys and and you know who's looking like the steel is that dennis smith, dennis smith. Yep. just mature because he's been he's been that that rare young hyper athletic guy who plays under control right away like he's not just a whirling dervish all over the place he's actually under control using his dynamic athleticism so dallas got themselves a little gem yeah they did and uh he fell into a good situation but that is going to do it, Todd Speedburner Robinson. Thanks for joining the show. Hope to have you on soon, and uh, good luck with everything as we move along here, halfway, more than halfway through the tennis season. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me again, Mitch, and uh, we will be in touch as usual. Big thanks to Todd Robinson, and thank you to everybody out there for listening to the Money Mitch Effect. One show this week. That's going to do it. Uh, I got a little vacant on my hands. But we'll be back next week at the end of next week to discuss all that's going on in the sports world. I know it's a slow period of time. Baseball is picking up. It's uh, going to be close to the trade deadline. We'll talk about that. NFL training camp will be starting. And there will be some high drama in some other sports as well. Got to give a shout out to the local team. The Lakers winning the Summer League. They did it without Lonzo Ball in the final as he was going through his sneaker auditions. We'll have to wait to see what happens with the big baller brand 
And just want to say also, uh, hopefully Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm a noted fan of from Ohio State, St. Louis area, hopefully he can, you know, kind of get his head on straight a little bit and work through some drama going on there. But uh, other than that, it's just been a great Wimbledon tournament. It's an interesting time. Everybody just enjoy some vacation if you can get it. And uh, we got a busy, busy couple months coming up. This is the table setter month. We got to worry about some baseball, some housekeeping things before you know it. It'll be college football season, NFL season, and away we go into the baseball playoffs and the U.S. Open in tennis coming up as well. So that's it for the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels. Big thanks again to Todd Robinson, Brian Nelson on the logo, Tim Adams on the beat. And reminder, you can find all Money Mitch episodes. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play to search Money Mitch Effect, and they all pop right up. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thanks for listening. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, until next time, keep enjoying sports.